0: You're going to love this. Just love it.
1: You most assuredly will. It's our very special Bradcast holiday special.
2: Well, I don't
1: know why I came here tonight. Oh, I do. I got a feeling there's something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared. I fall my chair. I haven't been scared since 1927. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep.
2: Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you.
1: From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, in the middle of the holidays, I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com, here with our very special Bradcast Holiday Special. We decided to go back to some of our oldest broadcasts from the 1930s and the 1940s, back, yes, when we were sponsored by the Ford Motor Company. We pulled together three of our favorite episodes of the Broadcast Radio Theater Players, and uh, it, it was fun looking through them, wasn't it, Desi?
2: Oh, yes, indeed, it was. That,
1: of course, is Desi Doyen, our producer here. You were you were with us back in the beginning, back in the uh, in the 30s and 40s. Yes, indeed, and she can be heard on these very special episodes, including. Our final one, a special holiday, nay Christmas episode. So wake the kids and curl up around the radio hearth and please enjoy our very special Bradcast Holiday Special. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Bradcast Radio Theater Players are proud to present Henry Ford's Science Fiction Theater of the Air. And now your host, Mr. Henry Ford. Good evening. Good evening. I'm Mr. Henry Ford, of the founder and president of the Ford Motor Company of Dearborn, Michigan. Before we begin tonight's program, Buzz Edsel in Buzz Edsel versus the Giant Jupiterians, I would like to say a few words to my fellow Americans about the importance of individuals to the American way of life. In these trying times, so full of economic insecurity for those of you who plan for them less well than I, some of you may feel tempted to succumb to the siren call of the so-called Unionists. Now, I urge you to resist that call. Those people are no better than pickpockets. They will say we will be better off if we share the wealth i say poppycock what they mean by share the wealth is they want you to do all of the work and give your hard-earned wages to them (laughs) it is the american spirit that has made our america great our troubles will be mended not by a common effort but by each individual pulling themselves up by their own bootstraps and looking out for themselves. If if you seek inspiration across the seas, look not to Russian atheists. Uh, Rather, look to my good friend Mr. Mussolini in Italy, who has made the trains run on time. Or look to my friend Mr. Hitler, He will see to it that every living person in Germany will have a job to do. But I know you didn't turn on your radio dial to listen to me, so now I present tonight's program Buzz Edsel in Buzz Edsel versus the Giant Jupiterians. I'm Henry Ford of the Ford Motor Company, Dearborn, Michigan. Mr. Jones! Mr. Jones! Good morning, Buzz and... And hello to you, too, Billy.
2: What are you doing with all this metal,
1: Mr. Jones? Why, I'm glad you asked that, Billy. I'm working on a little thing I call progress. Progress? Yes, Buzz, progress. You see, I'm working on a new labor-saving machine for Mr. Ford's automobile factory. Labor-saving machine? Yes, sir. You see, this machine will help Mr. Ford make more automobiles with less work for people to do.
2: But won't that put even more people out of work, Mr. Jones?
1: <laughs> Gosh, no, Billy. You see, this new machine will let Mr. Ford make automobiles for less money. Then he can sell them for less money. That way, he can sell more automobiles, which means he'll need to hire more people to take care of the machines and more people to build more machines. You see, Buzz, success trickles down. Now you see how progress is good for everybody. Who's there? And guess who intonation wants to know. Jake Ford.
0: Why, I should have known. Show yourself, Philpots. I heard that load of Blarney you were
1: spooning to these poor innocent youngsters, Tug Jones. Blarney? Don't listen to this rummy, boys. He just believes in anything that'll save him from pulling his own weight. Oh, you can
0: laugh and call me names now, but you'll pay when the proletariat takes over.
1: You'll see, you bourgeoisie. Ha <laughs> Scram, Philpotts, And I don't mean Tamara. I'd like to see you try and make me. I hear they're selling whiskey half price down at O'Dooley's Tavern tonight, Philpotts. Half-price whiskey? Well,
0: why didn't you say so? What was that all about, Mr. Jones?
2: Yeah, what's this bourgeoisie he was talking about? Why are you boys talking about the bourgeoisie? Oh, hi, Mom. I... I didn't
1: hear you come in. Howdy,
2: Mrs. Edsel.
1: Sorry, Mrs. Edsel. But that dirty, no-good layabout Jake Philpots was just here trying to fill these impressionable boys' heads with his brand of radical hooliganism. That man is a red menace. A red menace? I hate those guys. Well, if
0: I see them, I know just what I'll do. I'll, I'll pull out my trusty slingshot and
2: blast them one. <laughs> Buzz Edsel, what have I told you about shooting off that slingshot? You've broken Mr. Jones's lamp.
1: Oh, that's all right. It was an old lamp anyway, Mrs. Edsel.
2: Please call me Maggie. Uh,
1: all right, uh, Maggie.
0: Oh, great. Now they're going to get all... Googly-eyed
1: again,
2: Buzz Edsel. Oh, don't mind him, Mrs. Edsel. I think Mr. Jones would make a great new daddy for my best friend Buzz. Well,
1: now Billy, I'm I'm sure Mrs. Edsel has better things to talk about.
2: Oh, not really. <laughs> oh, I mean yes. Um, like has Buzz cleaned his room like I told him to this morning? Oh, Mom.
1: Good golly, what's that? I have no idea.
2: It's so eerie and strange. A bright green light. Look, now it's opening like a portal or doorway to another dimension. Oh, what's that? Or who's that? It looks like some feller in a silver suit. Yeah, and he's he's walking right through that doorway that just opened
0: in the air in the middle of the
1: room. Maggie, boys, get behind me. Fear not, 20th century dwellers. I am your friend. We'll be the judge of that. Who are you? I am Xanthax Embercrombie, a visitor to your time from the future.
2: From the future? How is that possible?
1: I don't think it is possible, Maggie. This guy is some sort of a flim-flam operator. Time travel is just one of the many accomplishments of my time. And what time is that? I come to you from the year 2001. (laughs) I assure you, Tuck Jones, I speak the truth. Say, how do you know my name? I know all of your names. In my time, your life stories are the stuff of legend. Margaret Edsel. Devoted mother and widow.
2: Charmed, I'm sure.
1: Tug Jones, brilliant inventor and patriot. Well, shucks, I... Uh... Billy Olander, ardent companion and confidant.
2: And better not be fighting words.
1: I assure you they are all complimentary. And of course, last but not least, Buzz Edsel. Boy hero. Okay, so you know who we are, but why should we believe you? If you seek proof, just enter this time portal. And see the year 2001,
2: hot... Buzz, get back here! Oh no!
1: Uh oh, she ran after him!
2: It might be a trap!
1: Come on, Billy! We'd better go and make sure they're not in any trouble!
2: Gee, Willikers! This looks like we're in the biggest, most lovely park I've ever seen.
1: Say, look at those buildings in the distance. They must be over 200 stories tall. Yes, there's been a lot of progress made since your time. Welcome to downtown Detroit, 2001. The largest, cleanest, most prosperous city in the world. But how did my hometown become so big and important? Well, as capital of the world automobile industry, it was inevitable. This is the reward for success.
2: But I don't see any automobiles. I don't see any roads.
1: Well, just look above you.
2: Garsh! I don't believe it. It looks like a whole city full of traffic driving hundreds of feet in the air.
1: Amazing! Flying cars. Flying Fords. Made by the Henry Ford Motor and Flying Automobile Company of Dearborn, Michigan. Fantastic.
0: Wow, flying cars. We really are in the year 2001.
1: Say, wait a minute, Xanthax. Why have you brought us here? Good question, Tug. We need you here now. As you can see, thanks to the individual efforts of many diligent Americans, solitary efforts, there have been many improvements in the way we live our lives today.
0: And how!
1: But all this prosperity and success and technology have come with a price. We humans have gone soft. All this easy living has rendered us unable to fight the good fight. We've succeeded so well, we've succeeded the ability to struggle against adversity. Right out of ourselves. Well, I can see how that could happen, Xanthax. But still, I I don't understand. We face a challenge today. A foe which could destroy us. And as a species, I'm just not sure we have the backbone necessary to defeat it. We are about to be attacked. ...from outer space!
0: I knew it! It's those dirty, no-good Martians, isn't it? I knew we'd have
1: to punch their lights out sooner or later. (laughs) I'm sorry, Buzz. I shouldn't laugh at your 20th century naivete. But you see, our mission to Mars landed on the Red Planet in 1984. And we've been allies with the Martians ever since. But while they are quite intelligent, they are rather puny and unaccustomed to battle. No, our enemies are... The giant Jupiterians. Good golly. Giants from Jupiter? Say, that sounds bad. Oh, it is.
2: Tell us about these giant Jupiterians.
1: Well, we've known about the giant Jupiterians for some time now. We've observed them for years with our telescopes. They're an inferior race. Then suddenly, they started attacking us in stolen Earth spaceships, striking us from above. Fine spaceships, by the way, made by the Henry Ford Spaceship Company of Dearborn, Michigan. At first, it was random, like pirate attacks. But now, a huge wave of their warships are headed to strike Earth.
2: And don't you have some way to stop the strikes? Can't you reason with them?
1: (laughs) Reason. These creatures don't respond to reason, Mrs. Edsel. No, they've stolen all of our strongest space vessels. We've learned that they are all slaves of some mysterious being who calls himself the Foreman of Affolchio.
2: Foreman of Athelchio?
1: Yes, Billy, the Foreman of Athelchio makes the Jupiterians wear labels with the word Athelchio on them. He rules them with an iron fist, a great big giant red iron fist. Say, Xanthax, that word Athelchio, it, it sounds vaguely and sinisterly familiar, but I can't quite place it. It is sinister, Tug, and otherworldly. It's spelled A F. L C I O.
0: A F L C
1: I O. Sounds bad. It's worse than I ever expected. Oh, indeed. It is our belief that the Jupiterians are a naturally docile, yet productive species that have lost all of their will since being seduced with this foreman's promise of another worldly concept known as Yun Yun. That sounds like some kind of foreign word. I don't know where the word comes from, Buzz, but I've heard it before, and it sure is a foreign idea to the independent spirit of every decent American. Yun Yun can turn a strong man into a bleeding sheep.
2: Well, that sounds bad.
1: Oh, it is bad, Billy.
2: But I still don't understand. What do you want us to do about it, Mr. Xanthax?
1: We want you to take your courage, your strength, your determination, your independent free will from earlier in the century, and go to Jupiter and stop the foreman. With him out of the picture, the remaining Jupiterians will stop their attack, and their deadly dreams of Yun-Yan will be no more. Go to Jupiter? Golly! Well, I have a pretty hard time believing that Earthmen of 2001 don't have what it takes to fight their own battles. I'm still suspicious of you, Xanthax.
2: Tug, look out!
1: No! Oh! Mr. Xanthax! Xanthax! You! You saved my life by jumping in the way of whatever that weapon was I'm I'm sorry I doubted you are you can we get you to a hospital oh it's too late I'm afraid these weapons are always fatal is there anything that we can do for you a oh, super-fast rocket made by the Henry Ford rocket company of Dearborn Michigan we waiting for you it's hidden behind those trees uh, pilot will take you stop the stop the foreman stop the the union the union, the union. Oh. Come on, gang. Let's go show this foreman who he's dealing with.
0: Yeah, for Mr. Xanthox and for
2: Earth and for the Henry Ford Rocket Company of Dearborn, Michigan. Let's go, gang.
0: <laughs> Hokey
2: Folks, are we really going to fly to Jupiter in that? Well, it does look a little small for interplanetary travel.
0: Sometimes good things come in small packages.
2: Oh my! Who are you, young man?
0: I am Zoog. I am your pilot.
2: Uh, but aren't you a little young?
0: I am 90 years old. I am Zoog. But
2: you're only three
0: feet tall. I am from Mars. I am pilot. I am Zoog. Come, hurry. Go fight
1: four man.
2: Are you sure this spaceship can get us all the way to Jupiter?
1: Of course it can, Maggie. Look at the logo. It's a Ford.
2: That's good enough for me. Let's
1: go!
0: Golly, who'd have believed that we could make it to Jupiter in 20 minutes? Zoog fly Ford fast. So, Zoog, where are we
1: on Jupiter?
0: Just outside Foreman of Apelchio's fortress. But if this is his fortress... Why aren't there any guards? Almost all giant Jupiterians in rockets to Earth.
2: Well, how could we fly to Jupiter so fast, but they're still flying to Earth after so long?
0: Zoog fly fast, Zoog fly forward. Well, it
1: sure was a comfortable ride.
0: Well, we better stop this foreman of Affle AFL... Buzz, it's A-F-L-C-I-O. Affle-Gio. Right. We better stop this four-man of Athelchio before those giant Jupiterians strike Earth with their unions.
1: Let's go, gang. <laughs> Well, here we are, deep in the middle of this 4 man of Affalchio's union compound. And not one alien spotted.
2: Except for us. What do you mean by that, Billy? Well, this is Jupiter, and we're from Earth. So here, we're the aliens.
1: Yes, and illegal ones at that. Stay quiet. Say, what's this? This looks like a... This looks This looks like it must be the base of the main transmission tower. If we can knock this out, we'll break the communication link between the foreman and the Jupiterians and their unions on their way to Earth. And Mr. Xanthax said that if we can break the foreman's
0: union control of the giant Jupiterians, their strike will be over.
2: I think we have a more pressing concern. That shadow is moving. <laughs> Gosh, it's a giant!
0: It's a giant Jupiterian.
2: How do we knock it out? Stop in the
1: name of the foreman. Say, this is a bad time to ask, but I think we forgot to bring any weapons. Halt or be squashed. I didn't forget. I've still got my trusty slingshot. Say, that's fine, Buzz.
0: And now I'm going to use it.
2: <laughs> Bullseye! Look at, he's a fallen.
1: He's fallen, all right. Right into the transmission tower.
2: <gasps> Look out!
1: Great shot, Buzz. You really saved the day this time. Ah, oh, shucks. It was nothing.
0: Nothing. You broke me whole tower, you juvenile delinquent.
1: Now me jupahuvians will never help me take over the Earth. Well, Jake Philpott's don't tell me you're the foreman of Apple Chio.
2: Well, what do you know? I would never have believed you could be capable of such evil.
1: Why, I should have known you'd be behind the trouble on any planet, Philpots. Jones? The Angels, Cry many. I
0: travel halfway across the galaxy and you still show up to give me conditions. You are a bad. Bad yeah,
2: when we get back home to the past, I'm never going to listen to anything you say again.
0: You ain't going nowhere. I'm going to fry you to crisps with this here Zappa ray laser pistol. Then I'm going to rebuild this tower and take over the earth with my Yun!
2: <laughs>
1: Good shooting, Buzz.
2: That'll teach that old coot to tangle with us. What's your language, young man?
1: Well, I've had it with you, Phil Potts. It's about time I taught you a lesson. Oh, Easy there, Jones. Hey, look out. Uh, 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 don't make me wake up rough with you. Philpots,
0: I, uh, I ought Get it, Mr. Jones. Uh, oh, yeah,
2: show him what's what. Yeah, you print it right there. Oh, Mr. Jones, go! Get him, Mr. Jones!
0: Well, I think that's about finished him. Um. Watch out, he's reaching for the gun. And I've got it, too. Stand back, Jones. I'm gonna zap the dickens out of y'all, of you're starting with that brat
1: buzz. I don't think so. <laughs> I am a giant Jupiterian, and I've had enough of you four men, and you and your union control. Take that! (coughs) Zounds, look at Philpott's fly.
2: Well, now I've seen everything. That giant Jupiterian just saved our lives. Now that's
0: what I call a punch. But why did you save us, Mr. Giant Jupiterian?
1: My name's Jute. We used to be gentle Jupiterians. Then, the foreman show up, said he would organize us, made us slaves, made us wear clothes with a union label. Wow,
0: nobody should wear clothes with a union label. Well, that's right, Buzz.
1: Glad to be rid of that. A-F-L-C-I-O. What a stupid word. Now, tower is down. Not slaves now. Be friends with the good peoples of the Earth.
2: Well, it just goes to show you you can find good in almost everybody, even on Jupiter. Well, Buzz, it looks like you've helped to save the day again, but you still have to clean your room when you get home. Oh, Mom! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fellow Americans, this is Henry Ford again. I do hope you have enjoyed this light-hearted adventure fable, Buzz Edsel in Buzz Edsel versus the Giant Jupertarians. Now, I hope also you will take to heart its more serious message and keep the communizing unionists from infesting your life and ruining your potential productive future. Uh, on behalf of the Ford Motor Company of Dearborn, Michigan. And its employees. I'm Henry Ford of the Ford Motor Company, Dearborn, Michigan. Join us next time for another edition of the Bradcast Radio Theater Players at the Henry Ford Science Fiction Theater of the Air. Our next episode, Buzz Edsel in Buzz Edsel and the Sun Stealers, coming right up after this important commercial message. making sense of it all or at least trying to that's bradblog.com slash donate and thanks welcome back to our very special bradcast holiday special i'm brad friedman from bradblog.com and you're listening to some of our oldest episodes some of our very first from the 1930s and the 1940s enjoy Welcome back to the Broadcast Radio Theater's production of Henry Ford's Science Fiction Theater of the Air. At the Ford Motor Company have received many letters offering opinions that our portion of this program devotes too much time to advertising Ford automobiles. In response to listener concerns, we will perform this evening's program without commercial. After this word from our company's founder, Mr. Henry Ford, my fellow Americans, I hope this evening finds you as as well and prosperous as it does me. Tonight's light hearted adventure fable carries within it a serious message, which I hope. The parents listening will take seriously and very uh, soberly. As some of you may have heard, there are current forces within the current government of our country that have put forth uh, a misguided notion that we should repeal the 19th Amendment to our Constitution and return our now productive land to its wastrel former ways. My friends, I tell you that prohibition is one of the greatest gifts that this nation has ever given itself. Prohibition is a moral issue, for it is economically right. So we now know that anything which is economically right is also morally right. There, there can be no conflict between good economics and good morals, so Please, please, write your congressman. Implore President Roosevelt. Tell them prohibition must be maintained for the good of America. I'm Henry Ford of the Henry Ford Motor Company, Dearborn. Michigan. And now, the Ford Motor Company, proud manufacturers of the Ford Model A and its marvelous safety features safety glass windshield, parking brake, spare tire, passenger side doors, and windows all for an affordable $595. Present Henry Ford's Science Fiction Theater of the Air. Tonight's story, Buzz Edsel in Buzz Edsel versus the Sun Steelers. Join us now as we find Buzz and his best friend Billy behind Buzz's house in delightful Dearborn, Michigan, home of the Ford Motor Company.
0: Hey, Buzz! Shh! Billy, get down, and don't let anyone see you. I'm doing some investigating. What is it you're investigating? Well, Billy, have you noticed how the days have been getting shorter lately? Yeah. And you know what happens to us when the days get shorter?
2: Daylight savings time? Worse than that. Right, we go back to school.
0: Right.
2: So you're hiding because you don't want to have to go back to school and get
0: educated. No, I value a good education as much as the next eight-year-old boy. I'm spying on old man Philpots next door. I think he's got something to do with the days getting shorter. Old man Philpots? Golly. Shh! I can hear him working in his shed, but I haven't seen what he's up to. Come on, let's get a little closer. Shh! Sheesh, careful, Billy! Who oh, in tarnation is making all that racket? Oh, you better not be that bratty Buzz Edsel spying on me again. Come on, Billy, let's make a break for it. Run! I got you, you little rascal. Oh, let me go! Oh, no! It's not the Edsel delinquent. It's his little friend, Billy Olander. Oh, what a pleasant surprise.
2: P- uh, p- pleasant?
0: Oh, gosh! You mean you're not gonna skin me alive? you alive? Now, who's been putting that kind of crazy ideas into your head? That Buzz-Edge friend of yours is quite the imagination making out I'm doing all sorts of evil. But I'm not a bad fella. In fact, why don't you just come with me now and I'll show yours what I've been up to lately. Uh, uh, All right.
1: Ah, now here we are in my workshed. Meanwhile, outside Jake Philpot's workshed, Buzz hides behind a tree and keeps an eye on his pal Billy. Don't worry, Billy. I'll get you out of this somehow. Meanwhile, inside the workshed, let me just move this
0: curtain. Hey, there's a choo-choo! Oh, that's right. Let's go for a spin. But the tracks lead into that tunnel. Don't the smoke from the steam engine make it awful smoky in the tunnel? Uh, this here choo-choo runs on a special power that don't make any smoke. No smoke? No smoke. Wow! Where does this choo-choo go? To a marvelous foreign land. Nebraska? No. Canada! Oh no! That awful Jake Philpotts is taking my pal Billy to Canada! I'm gonna need grown-up help to save him. Well, here we are. Canada. Well, that sure was fast. Right. Now I'm gonna need to wet my whistle. Huh. And I'll buy one for the little midget Billy here, too.
1: Meanwhile, back in the home of Buzz Edsel and his widow mother, Maggie Edsel, in the dry and decent U.S. of A.,
0: Mom, Mom, old oh, Aunt Philpotts grabbed Billy and took him someplace terrible. Where,
2: Buzz? Canada.
1: Did someone say Canada?
2: Well, hello, Tug Jones. Buzz says that Jake Philpots took his friend Billy to Canada. Canada? Mr. Jones, you gotta come help. We gotta save Billy from Mr. Philpotts. Oh, I can't believe that Jake Philpotts would take a child to Canada.
1: I'm not so sure, Mrs. Edsel. I've never trusted the old coot. And Billy's mom would expect us to make sure Billy is all right. Well, that's true.
2: But how will we get there?
1: Why, in my trusty Ford Model A Roadster, of course.
2: But is it safe to drive an automobile in a foreign land?
1: (laughs) Of course it is. The Model A Roadster is safe everywhere. It has safety glass windshield, parking brake, spare tire, passenger side doors, and windows. Oh, well, that certainly
2: does sound safe.
1: And how? The Ford Model A Roadster is the best car ever. Of course it is. It's made by... By the ford motor company of dearborn michigan
2: henry ford certainly does build good automobiles
1: and at a price any hard-working american can afford let's go gang well here we are canada already Well, that sure was fast. Well, Canada is just across the river from Dearborn, Michigan, Buzz. Now, where would an Irishman like Phil Potts take little Billy? I've got it. A saloon. Look there. There's a trail made up of drops of liquid.
2: A trail with a strong, peculiar odor.
1: Odor? That's whiskey. That must be Phil Potts. He must have a leaky bottle in his pocket.
2: Whiskey? But what about prohibition?
1: We're in Canada now, Mrs. Edsel, where they don't have prohibition.
2: We'd better go get Billy back. Yes, and that awful Jake Philpotts has a lot of explaining to do taking a child to an evil place like Canada.
1: This trail goes straight into that building. We'll have to follow, but but be careful. Who knows what kind of evil tricks these Canadians may have up their flannel sleeves.
0: Come on in, strangers, and close the door behind you, eh? You're letting the heat out.
1: And who are you supposed to be?
0: Me, eh? I'm Professor Michelaney of the University of Toronto, eh? Toronto, huh?
2: Yeah, eh? Say, Professor, have you seen an older gentleman and a young boy? Oh, you must be my good
0: friends Jake and Billy. Yeah, I, uh, I saw them go into that tavern next door, eh? The tavern next door? Yeah, old Jake's one of their best customers. And that's one of the reasons I let him in on my secret source of power for his little railroad, eh? That's the train Mr. Philpots used to bring Billy to Canada! Say, what was that about a secret source of power? Why, the greatest source of power known to mankind, the sun, eh? The sun? What in the dickens are you talking about? Why, I've built a machine that uses the power of the sun to make electricity. That's what Jake Philpots uses to power his train. Oh, that's why it doesn't give off any of that stinky smoke like your American automobiles.
2: Well, how selfish. What, do you think you have some special privilege to use the power of the sun for your own twisted purposes?
1: It's diabolical. The sun belongs to everyone. Don't you see what you're doing? Stealing the power of the sun? If your evil isn't stopped, there soon won't be enough sunlight for the rest of us. You'd leave us all to freeze to death on this great frozen planet just so you can use our sun power. Freezing might be fine for you Canadians, but not for us Americans. Golly, I
0: bet that's
1: why the days have been getting shorter. But it's a clean energy. Don't even try to defend it, McElmayney. Listen. Fossil fuels like petroleum are proven to be the best way to power our vehicles. There's even evidence that the exhaust from automobiles might be helping to make the world a warmer place. Thanks to people like Henry Ford and the folks who own the big oil companies, Dearborn, Michigan might one day be a tropical paradise. That is, until you Canadians started stealing the sun. Oh, I never thought of it that way.
0: What have I done, eh? I must destroy all of those sun-stealing machines immediately. From now on, I'll devote myself to finding better ways to supply us all with more petroleum to fuel our lives, eh?
2: Why, even a Canadian can have a conscience. Gee, maybe they're not so bad after all.
0: I've always dreamed of finding a source of energy that could unite our two great northern lands. Instead of stealing the sun, perhaps I can crack the secret of pulling oil from shale stones and sending it to the great U.S. of A, eh? Maybe through a giant pipeline, eh? From here... All the way to the Gulf of Mexico, where we could even ship it off to China, eh?
2: To China? Home of those yellow devils? Huh, maybe the Canadians aren't as conscientious as I thought.
1: It's all right, Maggie, one step at a time. Say, Professor McElhenney, that's the type of thinking I like to hear. Some good old American ingenuity, even right here in Canada. You know, if you Canadians would embrace prohibition, you might even make fine neighbors someday. That's a crack idea, eh? I'll take it up with our mayor. Right after I smash the last sun-stealing machine. Well, that's fine, Professor. Now, I'll go get Billy out of that den of iniquity next door. Buzz, Mrs. Edsel, you two wait here.
0: Ah, gee whiz! Why can't we come with?
1: Because where there's booze, Buzz, there's bad business. I'll be back in a Canadian jiffy. (laughs)
0: Jake Philpots. Yeah. Who's looking for him? Yikes. Talk Jones. Ow!
1: And the next time you feel like grabbing a young boy, Philpots, you should talk to your priest.
2: Oh, hi, Mr. Jones.
1: Come on, Billy.
2: Fancy meeting you here and shouting, huh? All right. Come
1: on, Billy. We're going back to America get you a nice hot cup of black coffee.
2: Gosh! (laughs) Okay!
1: Later, back in Professor Macomini's laboratory...
2: Hey, Buzzy, you should come with me. That was the best choo-choo ride I ever had. Choo-choo! Golly, Billy, you look awful. Not as awful as he'll feel in the morning.
0: All right, you good people. I've destroyed all but one of the sun-stealing machines. Now, this train is attached to the last one, in case you'd like to ride it back to Dearborn, Michigan. Now, when you get there, you can destroy it too, eh?
2: You can destroy that one right now, Professor McElhaney.
1: That's right, Professor. We'll go back home the way we got here. In my trusty Model A Ford from the Ford Motor Company. Of Dearborn, Michigan. The best car maker from the best town ever. I wish Canada had someone as good as Mr. Henry Ford to lead us to sobriety and prosperity. Well, until that day comes, remember to buy all your energy needs rather than stealing power that rightly belongs to everyone. I certainly will. You've taught me a valuable lesson about the value of the sun.
0: So I guess we really showed you the light about sunshine, eh?
1: (laughs) That's telling him, old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Hello again, my fellow believers in American opportunity through sobriety. Henry Ford here of the Ford Motor Company. Listening to our, our latest Buzz Edsel presentation, has, it has occurred to me that some of our listeners may have wrongly found comical the voices of inebriated men and a little innocent boy seduced by the villainous substance that that, that is alcohol. Now, uh, I assure you that these ideas are not funny. They are tragic and also, know that our performers have not touched a drop of wicked brew. If, if they sounded truly inebriated, that is a testament to their skills as professional radio actors. <clears throat> now, do not waste your time on hooch. Take it from me, Henry Ford. The country couldn't run without prohibition, and certainly not without good, clean American petroleum for all. That is an industrial fact. Now, for myself, uh, if booze ever comes back to the United States, I'm through with manufacturing because I wouldn't be interested in putting automobiles into the hands of a generation soggy with drink. I'm Henry Ford. God bless. Thank you, Mr. Henry Ford. Don't put the kids to bed yet. Coming up, the broadcast radio theater players present our holiday edition of the Henry Ford Science Fiction Theater of the Air. Stay tuned for Buzz Edsel and the Santa Surprise right after this commercial message from your local station. (laughs) Welcome back to our very special Bradcast holiday special. I'm Brad Friedman from BradBlog.com. Coming up, one of my favorite Bradcast episodes from uh, sometime in the early 40s. Enjoy, and oh, yeah, happy holidays. <laughs> Merry Christmas, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and adventure lovers everywhere. Tonight, the broadcast radio players present Henry Ford Science Fiction Theater of the Air. <laughs> ¶¶ Tonight's episode, Buzz Edsel in Buzz Edsel and the Santa Surprise. But first, a word from the president and founder of the Ford Motor Company and the Fortson Coal Company, Mr. Henry Ho-Ho Ford. Good evening. This is Mr. Henry Ford of the Ford Motor Company of Dearborn, Michigan. Wishing you and yours a warm and happy yuletide. As I so often say, Christmas stands for the human factor which makes life tolerable midst the hurry of commerce and production. Uh, This time of year always reminds me of the frigid Michigan winters of my boyhood, back in the simple early times when we lacked many of the luxuries that make modern life so very splendid, like coal, good American coal heating. The best way to warm your family is with clean coal, such as the kind offered reliably and affordably by the fordson coal company of which i am uh, the proud fonder founder and president now uh, you didn't tune in your radio dials to listen to me educating you on how to live a more comfortable and industrious life so uh, though it is likely you should have but and so now instead we'll present our story for this Special holiday season, Buzz Edsel in Buzz, Edsel, and Santa surprise. I'm Henry Ford. We join eight-year-old Buzz and his best friend Billy Olander on a beautiful and snowy Christmas afternoon as they burst into the kitchen of Buzz's home in patriotic Dearborn, Michigan.
2: Mom! Mom! Mrs. Edsel! Mrs. Edsel! Boys, boys, what is all this commotion?
1: There's a whole
0: lot of racket coming from that Mr. Philpot's garage. I think he's up to something to help the
2: Japs. Buzz, how many times do I have to tell you, don't talk like that. Mr. Philpot is a loyal American and isn't doing anything to help the Japs or any of the Axis powers.
0: Then what is he doing in there, Mom?
2: Well, I don't know, and I'm sure if he wanted us to know, he would tell us. Aw, oh, Mom! Now, you boys go outside in play. Christmas Eve dinner is almost ready. Yes, Mom. Uh, come on, Billy. Uh, bye, Mrs. Edsel.
0: Come on. Now let's go take a look in old man Philpot's garage window.
2: But your mom told us not to bother him.
0: We won't bother him. He'll never even know we're there. We'll be spying. For America. We're doing this for our men overseas fighting for freedom.
2: Oh, I plumb forgot about all that. It's like we gotta do it, ain't it?
0: Sometimes spying is the right thing to do, Billy. Let's go. Shh. We gotta be real quiet. Here we are at the window. Gosh, it's so high up. How are we gonna look in? I know. You kneel down in the snow, Billy, and I'll climb up on your back to take a look. Alley-oop. Uh, you're kind of heavy, Buzz. Shh! I think I see something. Uh, Buzz, I don't think I can hold you up much. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> what in tarnation is transpiring out here? Uh-oh, oh, Mr. Mr. Philpots. Philpots! Well, of course it is. Who else did you expect to be in me own garage, I ask yous? Please don't hurt us, Mr. Philpots. Hurt us? Oh, now, what do you take me for? on Christmas Eve of all nights. Well, what are you waiting for? Get on in here before you catch your deaths of pneumonia. Gosh, Buzz, look. Oh, my gosh. Mr. Philpotts, what happened to this place?
2: Look at all those flashing green and red lights.
0: Are they part of some new machine you're going to use to try to take over the world? Again? Oh, heavens to Betsy, no, boys. I just spruced up the place a bit for the holidays.
2: Oh, you got to admit, Buzz, it looks pretty Christmassy. It
0: sure does. But I know Phil Potts, and he's always got some scheme up his sleeve. Oh, it ain't what you think. Now, you know how those bums, Mr. Hitler and Mr. Hirohito... Don't forget that Italian moose, uh, moose... Mussolini, yeah, he's a bad one too. Now, you know how these idiots is causing a world of troubles all over the planet? You sure got that right. Now, one of the reasons that they can be such a bother is the big, strong armies that they got. The USA has the greatest army ever. Oh, true, true... But our boys could always do with a helping hand, I figure. And you know how we used my special Henry Ford Model Z travel mobile to travel all over to galaxy to places like Mars and Saturn and then how them aliens was always bragging how they got the best armies and can beat anybody's army. Yeah, now I got to tinkin'. Them Axis guys always says the same thing. Now, I figured we'd bring them all together and see who really is the strongest. You brought all their armies from outer space here with your machine? Oh, don't be ridiculous. I just brought their smartest scientists here. Now, Buzzing Billy, I'd like yours to meet Sateloid the Saturnite. I
2: am very pleased to eat. Uh, I'll, I'll meet you. The smartest scientist
0: from Saturn is a Girl? Well, it is kind of a backwards planet.
2: Girls aren't smart enough
0: to do science. Or even math. Well, and that's why I brought down her male supervisor, Sturmdraung the Saturnite. I'm from Saturn, the smartest planet in the solar system. If you're so
1: smart, how come you gotta work with girls? Come now, young man. Even here on your Earth, you have learned that when necessary, Women could work in factories when the men are needed for more important tasks. Gosh, I didn't think of that. Yes, indeed. A woman is perfectly capable of doing a man's job, just not as well and so long as she has proper male supervision. But what job are these two doing on our
0: planet?
2: We are here to bring our mighty armies to Earth to crush your Hitler.
0: He ain't my Hitler. We will crush him. His army will bow to us. Oh, now who can that be? Why, Mrs. Edsel, to what does I owe the pleasures of your company on this Christmas Eve?
2: Oh, I just wanted to make sure that Billy Olander and my boy Buzz weren't bothering you, as they tend to do.
0: Oh, those darling boys are never a trouble at all.
1: Say, what's with all the lights, Phil Potts, throwing a Christmas party? Oh, who's that behind you? Tug
0: Jones! Why do you always have to be sticking your bulky beak into my business?
1: I guess because your business is always causing trouble for everyone else, Phil Potts. Oh, come on. Get inside. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> He's brought a Saturnite
0: scientist and his lady assistant. Uh oh. What are you up to, Potts? Oh, don't get your bustle in a tussle, Jones. Yes, we are here to help you.
2: Your Mr. Philpotts has convinced us to bring our armies to Earth. We will smash Hitler and his puny army with science. <laughs>
1: You're crazy, Phil Potts. You can't team up with just anyone in the universe just because you want to win a war. You have to fight alongside people who share your values. Elsewise, what are you fighting for? To win? The Nazis are fighting to win. We need a higher cause than that. Oh, really? Well, what about the Ruskis? They're on our side, and they deny the Almighty. They may call themselves godless communists, and maybe they are. But with Hitler knocking on the Kremlin gates, I bet even Joe Stalin says his prayers when he goes to bed.
2: We will destroy Hitler, then get rid of Stalin. Then your world will be at peace under the rule of our iron fist.
0: See, like I said, they're on our side. What? We
2: will rule the earth with our iron fist!
1: Ixnay on the Istfe and the Ulri of the Earth A.
2: What did he say? Uh, like, what kind of language is that?
1: It must be Saturnite. It sounds un-American to me. Phil Potts, what have you done this time? But that wasn't part of the
2: bargain. It is now! They must not stop our evil plan. I will tie them up with my mighty Saturnite rope of science! <laughs> She's shooting ropes from her
1: hands. These science ropes are all over me. I, I, can't, I can't move. They've got me all
2: tied up. They've got us all tied up.
1: Oh, this is all my fault. You got that right, Phil Potts. Now that you cannot stop us, we will use your Model Z machine to bring all of our armies here to take over the Earth, and there's nothing you can do to stop us.
2: gone
0: into the next room. I've got an idea. Mom, what time is it?
2: Oh, I'm tied up. I can't see my watch.
1: I can't see mine either, but you can see it from there.
2: What time does it say? It's well past your bedtime, boys. Why, it's almost midnight. Almost midnight.
0: That's perfect. It's almost Christmas. Now, Billy, help me push my shoes off with your feet. Okay, Buzz. (coughs) Buzz. Great! Now help me take my socks off.
2: Buzz, taking your shoes and socks off in someone else's home? I raised you better than that.
0: Well, you can't speak to me now, Mom. Your hands are tied. But we can't let being tied up stop us. First, I'm going to pick up my sock in my mouth. Grr. Now I'm going to hop over here. Where's he
1: going? Buzz, what are you doing? He's going over to the fireplace with a sock in his mouth. I, I can't imagine why he would do such a thing. Well, he must be hopping mad. I have returned. Our work on your machine is done. Now you pathetic humans are in for a surprise. And so are you. What,
2: what's that? What's that noise? The chimney falling apart. Danger!
1: Danger! What is happening to the chimney? The thing that happens to chimneys every Christmas Eve.
2: ho, 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 Santa!
0: I knew you'd come if I hung my stocking by the chimney with care. Ho,
2: ho, 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 ho.
0: Oh. You have been a good little boy, Buzz Edsel, for the most part. Oh. And Billy Olander, but why are you here all tied up when you should be in bed asleep like all little good boys and girls? Oh. It's them, Santa. They've been very naughty little boy and girl aliens. Who are you, fat man? Well, That is naughty. This is the one and only Santa Claus. But well, Don't be ridiculous. Santa Claus is
2: a myth. There's no such thing as Santa. Oh, ho, ho,
0: ho. No such thing as Santa. Oh, that tears it. It's a lump of coal for each of you.
2: Oh, no. Coal. A satanite's one weakness. Ah, oh, I can't breathe. Oh, 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 oh.
1: That's one down. The good old power of American coal.
2: (laughs) There's still one alien left. Get him, Santa. Stay back. Oh, he's got a gun.
1: That's no normal gun. That's some kind of Saturnite Zap Ray gun. He's gonna shoot Santa. Not if I can help it. Get thee behind me, Santa. Phil Potts. (laughs) Phil Potts. He. He took the blast intended for Santa. Who shall I shoot next? You're never going to use that gun on anyone ever again!
2: Golly,
0: Santa, you conked him right on the noggin with that chunk of American coal and knocked him out. With an arm like that, you should pitch for the Detroit Tigers. (laughs) Ho, 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 I couldn't do that, Buzz. I'm far too busy making toys for all the good boys and girls of America.
1: But at least we won't be seeing any more aliens for a while. That's right, Buzz. America is no place for aliens. Oh, but you're all still tied up. Well, here's a little Christmas magic
0: to unwrap you.
2: <laughs> well, that's better. I'm glad those Saturday night ropes of science are finally off of us. How is poor Mr.
0: Philpotts? Oh, I'm a writer, but I've learned a valuable lesson tonight. Oh, yeah? What's that, Philpotts? Why, I've learned the value of good old all-American coal. And... That you can't always trust science. Ho, 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 That's right. And now, I've got to go. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry, Christmas, Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas, Santa. Merry Christmas. Santa. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Santa. <laughs>
1: done mr claus Uh, it is i henry ford again and i hope you all noted how santa used good clean safe coal to save the day and protect our heroes just as so many fathers across this great land use fordson coal company coal to protect and warm their families in this holiday season our story tonight also mentioned the great conflict in which we are embroiled now in Europe and the Pacific. and I want to ensure the children at home that I'm confident this war will soon end peacefully. Uh, after all, Chancellor Hitler wrote compliments about me in, in uh, that little book of his, and so uh, we must know that he can be reasonable. Uh, From everyone at the Ford Motor Company of Dearborn, Michigan and the Fordson Coal Company, this is Henry Ford wishing you a very, very Merry Christmas. And God bless us, everyone. Tonight's broadcast radio theater players and the production of Buzz Edsel's Mighty Adventures featured voice portrayals by Paul Byrne, Brad Friedman, and Desi Doyen. Tonight's radio plays were written by Paul Byrne. On behalf of the broadcast radio theater players and the Henry Ford Science Fiction Theater of the Air, I bid you adieu and happy holidays to all. Until we meet again, find me on the Twitters at TheBradBlog or BradBlog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good night, America. You're listening to The Bradcast. We are 100% listener supported thanks to listeners like you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate.